if the rate's naught or 0.5 and the mortgage rate's 1.75 or two, that's that's your buffer. So when the bank rate goes to six, which I think it's, it needs to go to, that means your retail rates are up around 8%. The f- you just hit the nail on the head there. You mentioned savings. In all of these headlines, nobody's talking about how finally savers are actually benefiting from a higher rate. They're all too busy focused on the... Welcome to the Exponential Investor Podcast. Want to be a better, smarter, more clued up investor? Well, you've come to the right place. We cover the breakthrough investment ideas you don't hear about in the mainstream to keep you on top of the megatrends and opportunities reshaping our world. Hi, Shay Russell here from the Exponential Investor Podcast. I nearly tripped over my words. And joining me today is your fabulous co-host, Sam Volkering, who is just impressed that I can get a sentence out today. Sam, how are you, mate? I'm, I'm, I'm doing great. I'm, I'm, I'm laughing because I'm, you almost forgot what we were doing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, today's podcast is going to be a little bit interesting because I'm not sure we know what we're doing, but I have a bone to pick with the media. Um, and that is where we are starting today's podcast and who knows where we will end. But basically I want to talk central banks. Now this has got to be the most discussed subject of the year, actually of the past two years, only the only thing that comes uh, precedes it is the pandemic. Um, now, here is my problem. Now, I ha- in Australia, we have the Reserve Bank of Australia, which I'll be quite honest, nobody actually cares about. I had to school a Bloomberg geologist, a geologist, journalist today. to um, He called the RBA a major central bank. It's not a major central bank. It ranks <laughs> top 19. It's 19 out of the top something 90 when it comes to asset, assets under management. You know, it, the uh, central bank of India is bigger, Russia is bigger, Saudi Arabia is bigger. The Reserve Bank of Australia doesn't matter. I am well aware of that. However, what has infuriated me you should you should preface that with it doesn't it doesn't sit on the same scale globally as others do. That, I, that's, think I think that's what should, but everybody just thinks. Sorry, I didn't mean to mansplain you there. Thank you. I mean that's just <laughs> thrilling for me. <laughs> Do you know, we're just this little country on the end of the world that nobody really gives a rat's about unless, you know, we can send our tourists there to go pick fruit or backpackers there to go pick fruit. That's really what we do. Um, But thank you for mansplaining that globally nobody cares about the Reserve Bank of Australia because they don't. However, what I care about is that the RBA on Tuesday uh, announced that they were only going to increase rates uh, 2.5%, so 25 basis points. Now, in the lead up to the announcement, it was speculated at being 50. Now, this doesn't matter to anybody in the UK I understand. However, what does matter is the rhetoric around it. And everybody yeah. has called this a pivot. Now, anybody- who's a pivot called, from what? It's not a pivot. It's not a pivot. A pivot means to turn in a different direction. They still went yeah. up. I put it to you, Sam. <laughs> what, are two, what are they saying that they pivoted from? They are saying that the um, RBA pivoted from their direction. It was a pivot on monetary policy. Now, this is factually incorrect. It is the wrong use of the word. This is my pet hate. Uh, it's like, you know, people when they misspell their children's names to make it exciting. This is up there. These are my top two pet hates. It is pivot does not mean How many means times do you spell the name Jaden, really? Anyway, well, sorry. I've got a friend who spelt Xavier with a Z and, you know, that might be a whole other podcast. <laughs> that was my face. Uh, sorry if you're watching. Um, but while I've got you, now this is my problem here. Now I get that me, the media is desperate to get people to click because yeah. that's really what it is because clicks drives eyeballs, which drives advertising. And we all know the traditional news model is absolutely being rewritten in front of us. My problem is here is the language of calling it pivot. I think it is misleading 
But my real point here is why are the media so scared of interest rates rising? Why are they using this as a hook? Because we've had this conversation before at the end of the day, Sam, and interest rates were too low for too long. Why are the media not taking this opportunity to educate the public? Why are they basically going for the easiest and misusing words to get a bad headline across? Right. Well, you so you're 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 right. In, free money was. I don't. I. This is the thing: is I don't understand how people didn't realize that money couldn't remain cheap and free forever. Like, wind back the clock to when quantitative easing, the the most horrible, horrible term. What's that? The word quantitative, not quantitative. 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 What did I say? Quantitative. <laughs> what did I? Quantitative. Did I say? I thought I said quantitative. Did I not it's say quantitative? quantitative. Although I feel much better about the mansplaining now, seeing as I've woman-splained. You just woman-splained me. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Continue with QE. Your- yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm dropping it completely. <laughs> it's like, it's like there's some, uh, yeah, I, I struggle sometimes to say, weirdly to say the word treasure, treasure chest. Treasure chest. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone watching, I promise we have not been drinking. That might be that. That that might be the pattern interrupt for the start of this video for everybody today. Anyway, right. (laughs) QE. So when if you wind back the clock to when QE first started, and and everyone was like, "Oh, this is great. Rates are you know rates are heading down. This is going to be oh, it's not so good for savers. Oh, but my mortgage is getting cheaper." It's like and they kept going down and down and down and down and down and down. The stock market kept going up and up and up and up and up and up. Money was printed, fueled. I mean, there's a great chart. I can't remember where I saw it. Oh, I think I might have saw it in the FT. Oh, shudder. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> it, it basically shows that there's there's a there's a chart, uh, a, a graph of productivity in in the economy, and then basically it shows that um, it productivity increasing in line with um, uh, GDP or something. Anyway, at 2008, it breaks off and productivity completely falls off because companies had access to huge amounts of, of capital and debt and that helped them to fuel growth but didn't actually end up having them invest into long-term things that would increase productivity. And so productivity basically fell off a cliff when quantitative easing came in. Anyway, the point being is that that was always going, that was always supposed to be temporary measures. Like when it all first started, it was all supposed to be temporary measures. And then all of a sudden, everyone was like, how good's cheap and free money? <laughs> and so you get this addiction to cheap, free money that you believe that that's what it should be. That it's, 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 it's almost coincides perfectly with the, with the societal shift of I'm entitled to this because I say I am kind of thing. Mm. And Everyone's just like, well, it's cheap and free and rates are low. So I'm entitled to this because this is what they are. So I'm entitled to this forever. Like, well, no, because money isn't cheap and free forever. I remember I was watching this great clip on, there's a very popular breakfast show called This Morning here in the UK. I don't know if you've seen it or know about it. Most Australians probably wouldn't. They've got this guy on there called Martin Lewis, right? He's the equivalent of who's who's like the the consumer finance champion in Australia at the moment. It used to be uh, um Kochi? What was his name? Oh, you talking about Koshi, right? 
or barefoot investor. Like, so that's so the there's, a, there's a UK equivalent of Koshi, right, over here called Martin Lewis. And it was on, it was on this morning. It's a bit like how Koshi does the breakfast show things in Australia. Anyway, and he was going on about, he was, were, people were ringing and going, I don't know what to do. He's like, what do you think is going to happen if the rates keep going up? And he just sort of despondently was just like, oh, I don't know. And he was lost for words. And, and people freaked out, blew up. And it's like, it was, the, it was the perfect moment when the mainstream realized what happens when money doesn't stay free and cheap forever. Because it's not supposed to be like that. And the historically rates should be, and the bank rate should be I up around 4 I completely to 5%. agree with you. And, you know, it's funny. You made a – oh. No, you, go on. Oh, you froze. I wasn't sure. I wonder if this will make it into the final podcast or somebody with greater sense than us will actually take that whole section out. Sorry, you froze. Had you finished speaking? Uh, Sure. <laughs> I was, I was just saying the bank rate should be around 4 or 5%. Yes. And that realistically then retail rates should be up around 6%. I mean, that's... Abs- absolutely. Couldn't that's, agree that's with you historic. more. Couldn't agree with you more. Rates were too low for too long. Um, and I think what is infuriating, you called it the the societal shift of, you know, people saying, well, I deserve it and I deserve it, deserve it now. Uh, I jokingly called them the, the carp DM generation in one of my exponential investor pieces recently. And I can clearly see that that name hasn't taken off with you. So... <clears throat> do your homework. Um, but that really, uh, there's a couple of arguments that I'd like to put forward. <laughs> there's a couple of arguments I'd like to put forward. And one is that uh, I know in Australia, when you apply for a credit uh, lines of credit, there's a buffer applied to it. Now, in particular with mortgages, it averages between two to 3%. But even then our banks have done us a disservice by only applying a two to 3% buffer when the base rate was sitting down at 0.25%. Like it's idiocy to think that um, that the cash rate wouldn't rise beyond that. Now, I don't know what the buffer would be that um, banks supply in the UK, but they would have that same buffer as well. So I can't help but wonder, would they have made the same mistake that while there was, you know, the base rate was down at next to nothing, would they have had a 2 two, two to 3% band? Would it have been higher? Because as you just rightly so said, the cash rate should be much higher because it, it, it sets the price of money. Uh, and also, too, you know, when money's too cheap, it follows a path of least resistance and it basically bl- creates asset bubbles. Yeah. A lot of people also don't realize that when the media is reporting about the bank rate, that's not, that's, that, that isn't what the, the, the rate is on your savings accounts or on your mortgage accounts. People just need to understand that, like you say, there's that, there's that buffer. There's, you know, if, if, if the rate's naught or 0.5 and the mortgage rate's 1.75 or 2, that's that's your buffer. So when the bank rate goes to six, which I think it's, it needs to go to, that means your retail rates are up around 8%. You just hit the nail on the head there. You mentioned savings. In all of these headlines, nobody's talking about how finally savers are actually benefiting from a higher rate. They're all too busy focused on the debt part of the argument rather than saying, well, actually, you know, obviously inflation is eroding the value of the pound right now. But rather than pointing out that actually finally savers are being rewarded by keeping cash at the bank. Like, I feel like this is where back to, you know, there's a great opportunity to educate people, but instead it's going for the quickest point to clicks, um, which is these misleading headlines that don't actually give people, they don't inform people and it's not analysis. It's not giving people information to make um, better investment decisions. Yeah. And and you're right about savings as well, because do you remember the good old days when you used to be able to get like six, 12, 18 month term deposits and you could get eight, you could get 8%. 
<laughs> you get eight percent for a twelve month TD. Yeah, and you would literally put that. You would put that into a portfolio and be like, "Sweet, eight percent. Not only am I beating inflation, most of the time I'm beating the stock market as well." <laughs> and it's like, though we might be heading back to that. That might be the outcome of all this. And I've called. I called it rates on rehab the other day, Ooh. which I noticed you didn't pick up, Shay. Uh, do your homework. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but if this is this should be a reversion back to back to norms. This is the opportunity. This is the opportunity for Pete, for the for the rates, the bank rate, the retail rates to readjust back to what they should be that give central banks a bit more control. So central banks shouldn't be like pussyfooting around this and going, oh, we're going to increase it by 0.25%. They should be nuking the crap out of rates. Like, right, here's a percent this month, a couple of months' time, we'll we'll do it another percent. Expect it. Expect the bank rate to be up around five to six percent. Expect your mortgage rates to be around six to seven percent. Expect the savings rate and term deposits and cash to be up around six, seven percent. Those are the sorts of this, this is what we should be heading back to. And then we can actually start to have a bit more of a functional economic system. And I think that there's a real opportunity to do that. I thought that maybe the UK would be heading in that direction. But like all great politicians, uh, they're all the same. And they've decided that, no, we're going to pander to the socialists amongst us and revert back to just doing the popularist thing and trying to make sure we stay in for the next election cycle. Um, when in all reality, the hard decisions need to be made and they needed to be, needed to be made straight away. Yeah, okay, it might nuke the property market by 20%. That'll send it back to where it was pre-COVID levels, which yep. is perfectly fine. Um, and yeah, there'll be a bit of stress on on mortgage payers, and the difficulty in that is that people shouldn't have been addicted to cheap and free money forever, and the bank buffers when they were uh, pre qualifying people should have been higher and harder, which is ultimately again a failure of central bank and government policy. Ah, uh, Sam, you have probably rather succinctly summed up my closing argument. However. Because we did uh, waffle on for a lot longer last time. I see that 13 minutes might be a great place to leave today's conversation. But rather, I will do the wrap-up. Tell me, if you could tell anybody one thing that when it comes to interest rates, if you could sum it up neatly, what is that for you? Expect the rate to be multiple percentage points higher in the next 12 months and not just to stay there for the short term, but to stay there for the long term. All right, Sam, you have summed it up incredibly well. Today was a very exciting topic about one of the least exciting uh, topic, or a very exciting conversation around one of the least exciting topics around, and that is interest rates. Whether you are part of the Carp DM generation, you should have been paying attention to Sam earlier in the week when he's talked about rates on rehab. Interest rates do need to go higher. You should get used to it. Don't follow the media for clicks. This has been a very eventful Exponential Investor podcast. Thank you for joining us on this journey when we weren't sure where it was going either. Sam, thanks for being here and everybody else. Always a pleasure. Thanks for watching and bye for now.